0: On Friday night, our own Dan McLaughlin announced on FS Midwest the newest entrance into the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame, and that group includes Bill White, first baseman from the early 60s, and mid-80s left-hander John Tudor, the man with the highest winning percentage in Cardinal history among starting pitchers, and our current guest on the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line, the Cardinal second baseman during the 80s, Tom Hur, who's with us now with Michelle Smallman and Randy Carricker on 101 ESPN. And Tommy, it's great to have you with us. Thanks for taking some time today.
2: Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on.
1: Tom, what was it like for you to get the call and understand the honor that you had going into the Cardinals Hall of Fame?
2: Well, it was uh, it was crazy. You know, the uh, the voting started seemed like (laughs) forever ago, you know, and uh, and then and then they extended the voting. So, you know, we were we were kind of left in limbo there for a few weeks. And then I got a, uh, I, I kept getting these calls from, uh, you know, it would come up on my cell phone, DeWitt Financial or something like that. And and I kept, I kept uh, like just deleting the calls because I thought it was uh, spam. So then I finally got a text from uh, someone in the Cardinal office and they said, hey, stupid, you know, when you see <laughs> – and when you see DeWitt calling, pick it up, you know. So we we connected, uh, talked with Bill, and he he informed me that I got elected in. So I, I felt really dumb, but uh, I, I said, hey, I'm sorry. I just didn't recognize that number. I didn't pick it up.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. And how did you react once, once he told you that you had made the Cardinal Hall of Fame?
2: Well, I mean, there's so there, there's just a flood of emotions that you feel. Um, and I'm still feeling them, you know, it, it's, uh, first of all, the, the seven guys that were nominated were, were I mean, all phenomenal. You know, you're talking about two Hall of Famers. You're talking about uh, two guys that, that played in the uh, 90s for, for great winning teams and had great contributions, and, uh, of course, Keith was on there who had, a you know, just a fabulous start to his career in St. Louis, and, Uh, And John and I, you know, I mean, obviously I was most familiar with uh, with Keith and John because I played with those two guys. And, um, you know, I I knew that being on the ballot with with that caliber of of uh, players, it was going to be tough for me to get voted in. Uh, But it was it was also an honor just to be on the ballot. And um, whether I got in or not, it certainly wasn't going to. Uh, you know, dampen my enthusiasm for uh, being a Cardinal for all those years and, and experiencing the uh, the great era of the 80s. Uh, but, you know, you, you know, specifically to your question, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, I, I was just kind of overwhelmed that I got voted in. You know, I, I knew uh, every time I go back to St. Louis, I feel the love, you know, I, the, the, those those teams of of Whitey in the 80s you know were, were treated like royalty when we go out there and and i and i knew there was a great connection and i felt like you know my chances of of being elected in lied in in that uh, that great connection we had with the fans of that era and uh you know they they came through for me <laughs> and john <laughs>
1: Tom, when Randy and I were going over the ballot last week, we were saying, you know, exactly what you said. You really could look at any one of these players and say that they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And when you look at the Cardinals organization as a whole, as a whole, to think that generationally they have had excellence and championships and produce all of these amazing players. It has to be special for you to think that you're such a big part of the Cardinals history and, you know, part of the legacy of greatness in the Cardinals organization.
2: Well, it does, you know, it, it just, uh, you know, I, I can remember when I was a kid, uh, back in the late sixties, I, I would have been about, uh, 12 or 13 year old years old. And when the Cardinals were in the world series in 67 and 68, you know, back then, you know, they played the games during the day usually. And, and, uh, I would listen on the radio and, uh, you know so i kind of got plugged into the cardinals at a young age and and then uh you know i graduated from high school in the in 74 and and i got a chance to uh to sign with the cardinals and um you know i was really clueless you know i started out my career really not knowing what i was getting into but um you know it i i got great uh, great support through the organization. There were some really, really good, uh, instruction, you know, guys like George Kissel and Hub Kittle and Buzzy Keller, Hal Lanier, you know, just, uh, kind of mentored me through, through that, uh, obstacle course, which is minor league baseball. And, um, and then, you know, Whitey. You know, Whitey was probably the, the biggest uh, factor in my career. You know, he saw something in a young player. You know, I kind of fit his his uh, style of play. He liked guys that could run. Uh, he liked guys that could, you know, put the ball in play and not strike out a lot. And, and uh, you know, he recognized that I had some of those qualities and gave me a chance to play in the early uh, 80s. And, uh, you know, and then I blossomed into uh, – probably a, a far better player than anyone even thought, but, um, you know, it was just, a, it was a great atmosphere to be in, you know, we had, a, there was a lot of great players, uh, at, you know, during those, uh, those great, that great run we had in the eighties, obviously, you know, you had Aussie and you had, you know, Willie McGee and and Jack Clark and Keith and Bruce Suter and Terry Pendleton. And I mean, and the list just goes on and on. And, um, it was just such a, a fun time to be in St. Louis and, you know, the the city was electric during those, those years. And we had great rivalries with the Mets and uh, it just seemed like year after year, it was uh, one highlight after another. And, uh, you know, to be a part of that was special. And now this, this uh, hall of fame just kind of culminates everything and, and, and kind of validates my, my career that, you know, the way I played, I, I wasn't uh I wasn't a superstar type player, but I was a, you know, I was a dependable and grinder and I was a winner, you know, that's, I think that's what the fans appreciated that I was there and, uh, and during a time when we won and, you know, winning kind of supersedes everything.
0: Tom Herr, new Cardinal Hall of Famer with us here on 101 ESPN. And, Tom, two things that Whitey said about you struck me. Number one, he said that you were the glue to that infield in the mid-'80s, that you were the guy that kind of got everybody straightened out and positioned. The other thing he said that I thought was really interesting, he said, when we were in crunch time, August, September, October, I never had Tom Herr make a mental mistake when we were playing a big game, what was it about you that allowed you to dial in like that mentally? Uh, you know, who knows? I mean, i i always
2: uh, I always liked the big moments. Uh, of course, you know, I, I was hitting third in in the lineup most of the time. So, you know, with with Vince and Willie getting on base in front of me, you know there was there was a lot of opportunities, and um, you know, it seemed like. You know, that, that was in the era when you 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 couldn't just get in as a wild card. You had to win your division to get in. And uh, so no matter who we were playing, they were big games. And, um, you know, we, we had a group that, that uh, really, really cared. You know, we cared for each other. We cared about, you know, winning and losing. And, uh, you know, when you feel that, uh, when you have that sense of responsibility to each other, you know i think it it kind of uh, amps up your uh your adrenaline for you know y- you get in the late months of the year everybody's tired and you know it's hot out there and uh but there're little things that kind of keep you going and and i think you know i think collectively we we just had that uh that feel for each other that we didn't want to let anybody down you know
0: Tom, you're a a thinking man's ball player and you understand the game and you watch the game with a critical eye. And I I always tell people that in my viewing time from 1970 on, the best defensive infield I've ever seen is your 1982 infield. And I think you can start with the best defensive first baseman and the best defensive shortstop of all time. You've watched a lot of infields during your career and since uh what do you think of that assessment that you guys were as good as or better than anybody in 82.
2: well you know i think you can certainly make a case for it um, however i think that uh you know 82 was was kind of early you know it was kind of maybe the midpoint of keith's career so he was an established great first baseman and but really, with uh, Obi and Ozzy and myself, that, that was still kind of early in our careers. And, uh, you know, I know, speaking for myself, I know I got better after that. You know, I wasn't as, as good a second baseman in 82 as I became later on. And I think Ozzy would probably say the same thing uh, about his his play. And, uh, you know, I can't speak for Obi, but, you know... I, uh we were young you know we were younger then than we were like in 85 or, or later on but you know as you as you gain experience uh um, you know you just become better you your your positioning is better you learn the hitters more you understand uh your pitching how you know how they're trying to pitch guys so you can position yourselves accordingly you can anticipate where the ball is going to be hit better the more experience you have so You know, I I think a case can be made for that infield, but I I know personally I feel like uh, that I got better as I got a little bit older.
1: Tom, one of the things that Randy and I were discussing uh, in the commercial break before you joined us is we were looking up and down the rosters of some of the teams you played with, and it's amazing how many of your former teammates and yourself included have gone on to be a manager or gone into coaching in some way, shape, or form. What do you think it is about that group and the different players that you played with that has gone on to teach the game of baseball in some way?
2: Well, I think it speaks to, uh, you know, couple different things you know I think there's uh, there was a collective love for the game you know um, and, and the way we played the game we, we were uh, you know everyone called us the running Redbirds, but you know we were uh, we were a c- cerebral group and, and that started with Whitey you know Whitey was uh, I think uh, one of the top five tactical man- managers of all time so just being there every day and seeing how he ran the show and how he did things, uh, you know, it couldn't help but rub off on you. Uh, but you know, we did. We had a lot of guys. I know when I came up, there were a lot of good veteran uh, guys that that taught me things. Guys like uh, Gene Tennis and and Jim Cott, and uh, and you know Bruce uh, Bruce Suter was a very knowledgeable baseball guy, and um, Forshee was the same way. So I mean, there Lou Brock, you know, Ted Simmons. I mean, I, I could. I could go on and on with, with guys that were really, really great baseball thinkers. And so it's kind of a generational thing. It gets passed down to the younger players and then those players in turn pass it on. And, um, I I think that's, that's probably the reason why a lot of them, you know, became teachers and, and coaches or managers themselves.
0: We had so much fun watching your team's play Tom especially the 85 team that went to the World Series and had 314 stolen bases. We had so much fun as I meant as I said watching it. How much fun was it to play on that team? Well, it was you know the dynamic of of speed
2: that we had on that team was just uh I don't I don't know that it's ever been matched or ever will be. I mean there there were other teams that had some great base dealers on them, but there were, there was no team that that had it up and down the lineup like we did. And um you know it was such an intimidating thing for uh for the opposing teams. You know, we pitchers would uh, you know, try a slide step they'd try pitching out i mean they they were trying all kinds of stuff, so you know we we had a we had a unique ability to get teams out of their comfort zone to try to defend us and then on the other side of the coin, you know I think uh you know that the speed that we had really helped us defensively as well because uh you know the old bush stadium the outfield was massive and and a, astroturf surface uh, so it was very fast surface so you, you needed that kind of range and speed to uh, to defend and, uh, you know, we never had a team with uh, with a uh, pitching staff that struck out a lot of guys. So we, we needed to be good defensively. So, you know, it helped us both ways.
0: Well, it was great to have you here in St. Louis for that decade. And it'll be great to have you here in St. Louis for eternity as a member of the Cardinal Hall of Fame. Tom, congratulations. We're so thrilled for you. And we can't wait to see you when you get inducted.
2: Thank you. Whenever that is, you know. Uh, <laughs> right it'll be a great, uh, it'll be a great experience for John and I. And, uh, we're really looking forward to it. You know, I, 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 I called him and texted him after this happened and, you know, we were good buddies on those eighties teams. In fact, we, uh, we play a lot of cards together on the flights and, uh, John's a good card player. I can tell you that, um, <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're looking forward to that ceremony and the red jackets and all that. But, uh, you know, whenever it happens, we'll we'll be uh, having a lot of fun that day. All right, Tommy,
0: take care. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, guys. See you later. That is former Cardinal Tom Herr, and now a member of the Cardinal Hall of Fame. And Michelle, to your question, it's amazing to look at the starting eight. Coleman still coaching at the minor league level. I think he's in the Giants organization now. Willie McGee with the Cardinals. Andy Van Slyke coached with the Tigers and the the Mariners. Terry Pendleton was a coach with Atlanta for a long time. Ozzie obviously works in spring training with the Cardinals. Tommy Herr managed at the minor league level. Jack Clark was a hitting coach. For the Dodgers, also a manager at the minor league level. Tom Nieto was a Cardinal minor league manager forever. Bob Forge, a minor league pitching coach uh, before he passed away. Danny Cox, John Tudor, both uh, coaching at the minor league level. It's amazing how many guys, that's half the roster right there, that wound up coaching at some level, and there were more, but that's just a, a snippet of them.
1: It really is remarkable, but like Tom said, you know they had that love of the game and they they wanted to continue on and And departed on purpose. And the best teachers, exactly. Having
0: Whitey tell you what's going on and why Mm -hmm. makes you a smarter baseball person. Absolutely. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture, and the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs.